What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the After Effect Podcast. I am your host, LeBron Stephan. But you can call me LBZ, L Boogie, Big Brian, 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 B Brian, LB, Barani. The choice is yours. Welcome to episode 67. We have some very, very, very special guests. Our first, our very first coaches roundtable. Joining us today, we have TAE alumni from episode three, Michigan State offensive analyst Ephraim Reed. Alongside joining him is another TAE alumni from episode four, Arizona Cardinals assistant running backs coach Don Shumpert. They are both on the show today to expound on their coaching journey thus far, speak about their former careers, speak about being a uh, part of a small percentage of black coaches in the college football ranks and the top level NFL ranks. Super uber excited to have both of my guys on the show at the same time. Just sent them both the link and once they jump on, we will go. My guy, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I got you now. Yeah, what's going on, man? <laughs> Getting back home. Oh yeah, I already know. Long day. Just yeah. waiting for um Don to jump in, and we, we we get right in. It shouldn't even take us longer than fifteen minutes, man. I appreciate you calling out the time, bro. It's all good. We just getting ready for camp, you know, scripting all that stuff, getting ready. When do y'all uh, like? When, when do y'all start? Because I know I know y'all are usually like one or two weeks past the NFL. We uh August fourth, the players report. Okay, okay, okay. But this week is uh the last quote unquote discretionary week where you can have recruits on campus for the last time. So okay. It's filled with you know some of the last heavy hitters before the season. You get all your top guys on campus and kind yeah, of go yeah, yeah. script yeah. and get camp ready and all that stuff. So I got you. I got you. Um, so are y'all rules going to be like, because I saw it with the NFL, it, it used to be they had to wear pads. I mean, no pads for two days and they could wear pads, but now it's like no pads for seven days. Yeah. So in college, I think it, uh, it went to three days. Okay. And, instead of two. Yeah. It went to three. And so you have to, obviously you can't do two days anymore. That's been, been. Yeah. Day. Yeah. And, uh, you have to have a day off in between as well. Yeah. Like. Like one practice or like no practice at all? Like a walkthrough the next day. Wow, man. <laughs> it, man it, it, the game, it, it's changed so much, man. Here, Don is right here. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's all, you know, it's all science-based, so that's, that's what everything is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I saw him. I see him right now. Oh, you see him? I can't. I can't see him. Can't. Shum, can you hear up, me? Baby? Yeah, I'm. I'm good now. Okay, okay, okay. We we, we live. Hey, I appreciate y'all carving out the time, man. Busy, busy coaches, man. Take ten minutes of your time. Ten minutes of your time. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Definitely, definitely. All right, so man, we we can dive right into it. Um, what would you all say has been was was has been the number one thing that you've learned? while being on the coaching staff in the Big Ten. I know Ephraim, your offensive analyst right now. And then, uh, Shab, I know you were a GA for two years. So, like, you all just kind of expound or talk about some things that you learned while being on the, while being on the Big Ten staff. Okay. Anybody can go first. Yeah, I started off, man, um, 
So basically, bro, as you know, man, you play Big Ten ball. You know how competitive it is. So it's all about really the small details. It really makes sense when, when you become a coach, how you, how you really have to focus on every day, like the small details that practice execute, because everybody good. You know, once you get to that level, man, there's, there's really no room for mistakes. And so the, basically the teams that can come prepared and practice the best on a day-to-day basis, those are going to be the teams that's ready to, to go on, on Saturdays or whatnot. But it's definitely, man, the whole preparation thing, you know, wrong wouldn't have been in the day. It does take time for you to get where you need to get, but you can't go through the motions. And as a coach, right. you know, I got to make sure I'm prepared and I'm ready every day to get my players what they need to be to be successful. All right. Do 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 you feel uh did, did you feel like as a coach that uh everything that soup used to tell you in college made sense when 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 you became a coach like just that everyday yeah. consistency not not messing up the details exactly man like okay. especially like stuff that's going on outside of football like mm-hmm. you just need to make sure everything is lined up in order man because it's a small time frame really small time frame and of course you know everybody want to go to the championship or whatnot. But I feel like the championship is won in the offseason and it's won at practice. And so the, the teams that's able to prepare and, and to be the best, like, you know, that was one of our slogans that I was prepared to be the best. Like, it, mm-hmm. it really made sense, man. Even as a coach, I had to make sure I was real detailed, that I was giving the right information to the guys. I was breaking down the games the right way. So mm-hmm. it's them details, man, they take you a long way in life, like on and yeah. off the field, small details for sure. Oh, yeah, all, all details. Ethan, what about you? Yeah, I, I kind of want to just piggyback a little bit on what you said about, you know, the consistency part. I think, you know, I started off my career at a G5 program, you know, and the, the main difference I'd say is how even the playing field really is when it comes to talent. And that, mm-hmm. like you said, doesn't really separate much. I mean, obviously you have the Ohio States who tend to, you know, get the higher rate of caliber guys, you know, that's just what they've always done. But mm-hmm. as far as the, the true measure of success and everything we do, we know is consistency. You know, mm-hmm. you can do it on a day-to-day basis. You know, it's easy. Like, we're, we're about to start camping. I know you guys, you know, in camping. You know, even when we were all playing, you know, everybody could do it the first three days. But, you know, day seven, day eight, day nine, you know, who can consistently right. bring it? You know, not Day faithful, 22. No doubt. <laughs> You're still trying to get better. You're still able to use your, your fundamentals, you know, the correct technique and still able to, able to process everything offensively and defensively. And even, you know, mm-hmm. on special teams, which is probably, you know, the most important part of the game be able to put all mm-hmm. things together consistently and it becomes a habit. You know, I think those things, you know, get overlooked at times, you know, but mm-hmm. that's kind of what separates those top dogs from everyone else. That's what separates them, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, yeah, most, most definitely, man. I could totally attest to, to both of you all's points. Um, Coach Don, let, let, let me come to you. What would you say were some differences from coaching, you know, at the college level, the Big Ten level, and then reaching that top level coaching for the Giants first and now – uh, I think you are entering year three uh, for, for, for the Cardinals. Yeah, the, the number one difference is something everybody knows is the recruiting aspect. So <laughs> you basically, man, you really get your time back more or less in the offseason because in the NFL, once we're done with practice, you know, these guys are grown, man. They go back home to their families. We don't have mm-hmm. to watch them. We don't have to monitor them. We don't have to talk to their families. In college, you know, you might have to talk to mama. You might have to talk to the guardian. You might have to talk to mm-hmm. daddy. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you got recruits you need to talk to on a day-to-day basis. So you got to make sure the recruiting thing is up to par. Mm-hmm. And so I would really say, man, just the whole time, like you, you get your time back more in the NFL. It's a longer mm-hmm. season, but 
And college is no different because, as you know, when we go to bowl prep, we working that whole month of December anyway. Right, so, every day. Yeah, and the, and the league is just it's 20 weeks of – I'm kind of used to it now. With my first year, you know, I was like, yeah, this this a little long, but at the same time, when you're doing what you love, it, it's not bad, man. I'm like, yeah. I just came to a week break in the summertime. You know, when you're in college, you basically you got to grind in June, and that's, that's, that's camp season or whatnot. So you, yeah. you really don't have time to really, you know, to get your leisure life back or whatnot. So th I think that's the whole, the, the quality of life and the time aspect is, is really the biggest difference. Uh, but in college, man, you get to touch them guys when they're younger and you get to make an impact when they're younger. You know, when they get to the league, some guys might have bigger heads than others. It might be harder to get to somebody. So of course, yeah, I, from that aspect, you know, it's, it's really good that you get to touch them when they're young, when you go to college, because you get freshmen and you, you get to basically mount them in a man. So All right. it's, and, and it's definitely good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I remember you you told me that story uh, your first year with the Giants when they when they basically made you present uh, like a presentation in front of the whole team. And you had you hadn't done that at, at right. Iowa and you, you, you didn't have that long to prepare, but you obviously prepared. You said you were a little nervous, but you said you learned so much and presenting to the entire team. And that's when you were working with the receivers and the Giants were really popular with OBJ and all these guys. And you said you learned so much through that experience. Right, no, no, definitely, man. It, it made me grow up real quick. You know, as a yeah. graduate assistant, you really don't say too much. You just, mm -hmm. you just show up and do the work. You break down the film. You know, you do the, you, you do all the charts. You make sure they got the scripts and all that stuff. So you you kind of working behind the scenes. Even at mm -hmm. the Giants, I was still doing the same thing, but at the same time, I had more of a voice. And so, you know, just getting out of my comfort zone, that, that was a big thing for me. Like I said, like you just said, I was 26 years old, you know, talking in front of the whole Giants team. You got Eli Manning back there. He about 36, 37, you know, OBJ, yeah. rookie year so. You know, that, that was a big moment in my life for me because it, it really helped me get over that fear. And I won't even say fear, but because I mean, I yeah, just, just, the, like, just the nerves because you had, you had never yeah, done it. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just the nerve part. But it was good, though, man. And, you know, you got to do certain things like that to get over obstacles and whatnot. And that was, that was really good coaching career for sure. Of course. Of course, man. I love that. I love that. Uh, Coach Ethan, let me come to you. Uh, what are a few nuances that you look for in defenses? Uh, to generate success as an offensive analyst. Uh, I remember when you got the position last year, all I kept thinking about was all the, all the juggernaut, offensive juggernauts that Michigan State had, Kirk Cousins, Le'Veon Bell, Plexico Burris, just to name a few. So what are some things kind of that, that, that you look for? I know it's a team of you all, but you individually, what, what's the things that you kind of focus on so that you all have success on offense? You know, for me, like my job right now is every, every week I'm in charge of you know, second and long and third downs. And then okay. we get to the red zone. That's why I work that as well. But specifically, you know, because offensive perspective, you kind of, kind of, you, you have to kind of wonder how a defensive coach is going to call second and long. Is he going to treat it like, you know, third and long, or is he going to treat it like yeah. third and short? Like, how is he going to call it? So, you know, being able to study stuff like that, and you know, for me, every week I want to go in and and then be prepared to tell a, you know, the running backs, you know, hey, you know, maybe they're tipping ahead with backer alignment. You know, maybe you know a hand down a certain way for a defensive end to tell him if he's dropping. Obviously, safety mm -hmm. rotation is key in college football. It's going to tell you where every pressure is coming from. Safety's going by the hashes. He's moving. Hey, we got to be in tune with all of that. And obviously, mm -hmm. just having these guys prepared to play fast, that's the whole key. If we could go ahead and put the ball down and play fast, any little tip we could give them, that'll work. We still see. I see you. <laughs> okay. I, now, I can't see y'all, though. <laughs> yeah, I see you, though. You good. 
I think you just went out though, Brian. Turn turn the speaker on. Can yeah, can I you hear me now? Yeah, we got you. Yeah. Can y'all see me too? Yep. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, I don't know what just happened, but we're gonna we're gonna keep it rolling. Um, yeah. So so this question goes to both of you all. Being men of color, how much of a responsibility do you feel uh, being in your current roles? Obviously, knowing that that these kind of roles don't come around often in the Big Ten or you know at the top level in the NFL. Uh, well, I mean, I, I work for a black head coach. You know, mm -hmm. I see it every day. And he's one of the few in the country, obviously, Mel Tucker. And for me, going into work every day and seeing what he has to deal with as far as, you know, dealing with everyone around him more so than the team, it's motivation because I do have aspiration to be a head coach. So mm -hmm. when I observe things, I observe it from a different perspective, I guess you could say. You know, I, I look mm -hmm. at this from an organizational, stand, organizational standpoint, you know, as far as how our infrastructure staff, you know, how he has his and, but, you know, being a, a black coach in this business, one, it's a blessing to be in the position I'm in. You know, obviously, big, big blessing. a lot of people don't have this opportunity. And mm -hmm. to be able to be around a, a lot of other black men who have been successful, you know, Harlan Barnett, you know, played at Michigan State, the D.C. at Florida State recently, played in the league seven years. You know, he's a guy who's around Ron Burton, defensive line coach. You know, he's been at Michigan State, played in the league nine years. You know, Courtney Hawkins played nine years in the league. He's a wide receivers coach. And these guys are in the place that I want to be, you know, and every yeah. day I see that and pick their brains and it's motivation because mm -hmm. I know they have my best interest at heart because they were where I was, where I'm at at one point, you know, I think that's a blessing to be able to pick their brain and, you know, take their knowledge and kind of make it my own, put a spin on it and just grow, man, in any way possible because, you know, sooner or later, like I'm sitting in the office today, I had some free time on my hand. I'm sitting there going through my own personal flow chart of how I was structuring my staff and, you know, offensive coordinator walks up behind me and he taps me on my shoulder and says, it's going to happen, you know? So you just got to keep the plan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just yeah. never know what's going to happen for you. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, Don, yeah. what about you? Yeah, that, that was a great answer, by the way, man. Um, So the way the way I look at it, though, is really, man, I, I just try to be the same person every day. Uh, never get too high, never get too low. At the end of the day, man, I want to handle my business to let people know that people are color. You know, we are capable of doing great things in this business. We, we capable of leading, man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I work, I work with a black head coach, our defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph was a head coach in this league. So, you know, that's a really good mentor for me to really see how he go about his business. You know, how hard he worked, you know, how he yeah. talked to people, how he treat people. At the end of the day though, man, like he said, we, we both are, are definitely blessed, you know, really blessed, man. It's, but it's all about just taking advantage of the opportunity. Like, for example, like he said, he want to be a head coach one day. I definitely want to be an offensive coordinator one day. Um, that's mm -hmm. why I took the role to become a running backs coach so I can learn about protections in the run game. Um, mm -hmm. I play receiver. I tell me that. So, you know, now the, the game is really slowed down for me, man. And it's all about really challenging yourself. So I, I was really happy that I took that step to really challenge myself and get out of my comfort zone. But mm – -hmm. You know, what the NFL is doing is pretty good. You know, they have they have like two minority fellowships basically throughout the season or whatnot. So they're trying to get us in these entry level roles. And that's kind of where it all started. And hopefully we can start getting in the quarterback room. But at the end of the day, you just got to handle business, man, and, and make sure you're on time showing up, doing what you're supposed to do, be a good person, and everything will work out. That'll be yeah. Quarterback room, man, that'll be huge. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, that's 
that that's dope, man. And uh, you know, even like you said, like you alluded to earlier about your your flow chart, like both of you all have individual goals, obviously input it in within the team goals. So like it's only it's only up from here for, for both of you all, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so just, just two more questions. Um, what would what what is you all's take on on the infrastructure that the NCA is going? Obviously, when we when we played in college, there was no NIL uh, deal. Like you know, we couldn't uh, monetize our our name, image, and likeness. Uh, and then Ephraim, you know, with you like you know being in the trenches now with that, uh, just what 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 what's you all's personal opinion on on if if, if that's fair or not? And you know, will it will it tarnish the game? Will guys be less coachable, or will it will will there be able to be some kind of control? I don't think they're gonna be able to control it. I think it's open season. But you know, the whole thing, you know, we deal with it every day. You know, we actually laid out a plan for our guys, and you know, okay. I think the whole key behind it. I do not think it's gonna end up being equal, just simply because right. the funding at each each institution and the the publicity and all of that stuff, like. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Five schools could keep up. It's just it is what it is. And right. is it fair? No. But you know, like there was an article came out that the quarterback at Bama's got six figures, almost seven figures, you know, to his name already. And he mm -hmm. hadn't even played the snap yet. I mean, to think about that, it's mind crazy. And right. if these kids aren't educated properly, because you guys know it just like I know it. I mean, they're gonna be taxed on some of this stuff. You get a free mm -hmm. pair of underwear, it's not just a free pair of underwear, that's tax right off. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you have to educate these kids and you just hope they're in a good situation around good people who can provide right. education for them and to let them know that just all money ain't good money. So sometimes right. be be mindful of your situation and be mindful of what you're taking and, you know, have people read over, you know, contracts for you and, you know, mm -hmm. be agreements, people, no doubt, because I, I, that's my whole concern. You know, these kids are mm -hmm. having an opportunity and I, I, I think they it's good for them to get money. I just wish there was mm -hmm. some kind of cap on it. That's where right. the max you could get. A year. Right, right. I, I definitely think there should be some kind of rules for for all of the university because like you said, uh players from Alabama are probably gonna make more than players in Utah. You know what I mean? Just because the, the market is so much bigger. Yep. It's just it's hard, yeah. man. I don't know if they'll I think they kind of jumped and went a little too fast essentially, instead of really yeah. thinking out and laying out a great plan about it. But then still, mm -hmm. it's like we all know they don't want their hands tied with anything, so they'll leave it up to the universities to bury themselves and then come exactly. back with their rules and say, "Hey, no, you broke the rule. That's not what we said." <laughs> you know, right, right. And 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 one thing that I thought about was was that some of the players or teammates getting envious because I saw I saw like a defensive end for Oregon, uh, one of the designers from Nike, um, designed him an NFT and he got like 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 a six figure deal. And the NFT is live. People are able to, to buy this digital, to buy this NFT with digital currency for a year. He signed a year contract. So I'm thinking about, I'm thinking like, what is that other defensive end thinking? What is that other linebacker thinking that think they're as good as him? You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you control that? How do you control everyone's ego to make sure everyone still is still uh, team oriented, keeping the team first, and you know, trying to win games. Yeah, that's got to come from in the locker room, in my opinion. I mean, we've all been in there before, and it's, you know, guys just yeah. can't get the big head. Got to be real about the situation. Look out for the team. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not the league. You know, it's kind of like essentially almost given just by who you are nowadays. You know, if you right. you got to earn those endorsements. If you're a good player, you produce. Yeah, you're gonna get your paper. 
exactly. Now, you got a high school kid who's a five-star, highly recruited, never did anything, like hadn't done a thing yet. Oh, yeah, you, here, here's a hundred bands. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you done anything, and you go out here and flop. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you, but you took it care of my monetarily. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's mind-boggling. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Not, down, down, down. What you think about it? Yeah, it's definitely wild. Um, the way I look at it, though, it's gonna be some players that's making more than the coaches. So. Man. When you go into the meeting room and you got a guy making more money than you, can you really get his attention? That's what I said. That's, that's why I brought up the coaching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that that's going to be the tough part. And I also think you're going to have kids staying in school longer. Right. I, don't, right. I don't really see why you would try to come out. I mean, NFL, in my opinion, stands for not for long. You, mm-hmm. It's only a couple of guys. You see the Tom Brady's of the world, but it's only so many of those guys. I see guys come in. And they come out just as quick as they came in. It's just the reality of the business, man. It's, they always looking yeah. for the new guy. They looking for the younger guy. It's just younger guys cheaper or whatnot. So I just think it's tough on colleges. Um, the NCAA, they did it in a way, though, where they're not even losing no money because they're not giving out the money. So right, right. They kind of so they still bringing out. in their revenue. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's different, man. It's, it's definitely different. Hopefully these guys, they're going to be young. I mean, 18, 19, that's, that's a lot of money as a – as a kid, I know. And, make and, and bigger. Right, right. Like like Ephraim uh, alluded to, like, they, all these kids got to have a good team with them or, or they got to have parents who know what's going on, who know to, you know, set them up LLCs and get business uh, get business accounts and things of that nature because yeah. they're essentially a business. They're going to be an entity at 18 years old. So they have exactly. to have somebody smart who know who knows how to, you know, handle those kind of those kind of businesses. Yeah, they, they definitely gonna need attorneys, man, and every everybody just to really look over these contracts. Cause yeah. at the end of the you know, they gonna owe Uncle Sam when the year over with. Exactly. It really ain't ain't educated on that part, man. So hopefully they just get the education and they get their financial literacy up. Because right. if you make all that money, you can blow it just as quick as you got it. It really don't matter right. how much you make, it matter how much you keep. So hopefully exactly. they can get financial literacy up, man, and they can just really start studying and reading it. Cause you know, yeah. kids nowadays, all they do is play the game. We was the same way, but the education is <laughs> right. key. Like yeah. when I went through my dark times after college, I, all I did was re- I just read, I just read, bro, and that kind of what got mm-hmm. me out of the tunnel. Right. It was just reading. So same hopefully, here. kids can get some knowledge. Yeah, of course, you you know how it is, man. You you know you grow up and mature, and you realize mm-hmm. what's important in life. So you know, hopefully, mm-hmm. they can grow up. And understand that just because they get money, that people still gonna want some of that. They all that money ain't theirs, basically. So you exactly. Kind of made me think of something just now, like about the kids who I know who I was playing with back in college, and they taking their Pell Grant and sending it back home to moms, like. Right. Know, exactly. If you get another <laughs> man, man, I'm going to buy mom's new whip. Going, you know, go this. Man, you know, leave all, right. all that literacy. You get, you know, the fact to get what you, you get. All these people talking to you, so it's a little different, like. I'm just sitting there it's gonna, like uh, Yeah, it's gonna be way different. Right. He come from the struggle from the slums. He might send everything home and blow it in a week. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Blow it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what we have used to do with the telegrams, but yeah, man. Yeah, like I I can definitely foresee a universities, I'm sure Michigan State would do it as well. Uh, you know, um implementing some kind of financial literacy class or maybe a training during during training camp or maybe a training during mid-season, something to make sure all the all the kids are on you know on a straight and narrow and not just blowing it. It's like you say, saving it and also investing it, you know, so they can potentially see it grow by the time they leave after their four to five year career. That's that's what's most important. 
and and that's what I that's what I love because as we we all know, and we know a lot of guys when we graduate, we we stuck with our hands out like all right, damn, we gotta go get a job, we gotta go. We 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 struggling financially, you know what I mean. So if they can use that as leverage, you know, when they leave, they don't have to they don't have to struggle. They can kind of move into their next thing, like you know, stress free. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's definitely the bright side of it. That if you handle yeah. it, you should have some type of leeway when it's all said and done, and you won't right. have to start for one. At least you'll have your nice emergency fund, and then you exactly. can figure out what you want to do after that. As long as you handle exactly. it right. Yeah, you exactly. know how we are with you know how black folks is our culture is with money. So right, all right, you know, bro, bro bag, bro bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, they got a chance to enter the world debt free with money. Like, come on, man. Like, take nah, it. You can't right. beat it. You can't <laughs> beat it. Man. Nah. <laughs> can't beat it. Can't beat it, man. So that last question for both of you all is kind of a two-part question. Uh, Ephraim, on, on episode three last year, you told me that the after effect of your career was mainly just finding a peace of mind to move on from the game and figure out what you wanted to do next. And then down on episode four last year, you said the after effect of your career was just having that willpower and giving 110% to anything that you, you're doing. How do you all think that you've taken, the, taken those aspects and kind of implemented them into your coaching style today? Uh, well, okay. Uh, you go, you go ahead. Okay, yeah, I, I'm gonna start it off. So basically, what I tell my players all the time is never get too high, never get too low. You made a great play, you got to come back right here. You fumbled mm -hmm. the ball, you did something terrible, you got to come back right here. You always got to be stationary, you got to be level. So, me as a coach, no matter if I had a great day or a bad day, it's all about that effort and that consistency that I put in on a day to day basis. And so it really don't matter what I did yesterday, what I did last week. It's all about the next the next day, man, quite frankly. And mm -hmm. so I just try to take that same approach every day, trying to get, try to be 1% better at something. You know, right. really don't live in the past. Because if you live in the past, it's, it's really the past is the past. It's all about, you know, moving forward. And even if it was something negative, just learn from it. You know, mm -hmm. you can make a negative a positive. So I just try to be positive, man. I wake up every day in a good mood, good mindset really just ready to go, bro. Absolutely, absolutely, I love that. Ephraim, what about you? Yeah, I, you know, the two things I always tell the guys as well, you know, one thing is how you do anything, it's how you do everything. So you gotta approach it, that thing, that mindset every day, you know, if you're gonna be a good person, well, you gotta be good at everything. You gotta be good when you're in the classroom, you gotta be good when you're on the field, you gotta be good mm -hmm. when the teammates need you outside of the, outside of the field, you know? And mm -hmm. the, the next thing is, you know, a guy once told me that, you know, never have a bad day. There's only bad moments, you know, and I try to mm -hmm. tell you guys that all the time. It's kind of piggybacking a different way of what you said, Don. You know, it's just if something bad happens, okay, that's a bad moment, but don't let that dictate the outcome. Don't let that right. dictate your whole day. Of your entire, of your entire day, yeah. No doubt. Like, just a, a bad moment happens, okay? You got a flat tire. It's a bad moment. Let's get the tire fixed and move on. You know, we go ahead and yeah. continue and have good, good success, have a great day. And I think yeah. approaching – I approach the meeting with that every day. You know, I approach – any 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 type of work I do, any breakdown, anytime I'm coaching on the field, my guys will tell you, man, I don't curse, I don't do all that unless I, I really have to. Because that's mm -hmm. not how I'm not gonna get to you that way. Let's have a conversation with grown men and let's get the get whatever we gotta get addressed and fixed. You know, I Absolutely. try to approach it. My room's all black, approach it just like how my father would approach it to me, basically. Of yeah. course, of course. 
Definitely, definitely. I mean, man, I love that. Well, that's actually all I had, man. I appreciate you all carving out the time. Maybe, maybe um, I could send you all each number and you can, you know, bounce some game off each other, man. But I, I appreciate you all jumping on at the same time and, you know, kind of comparing the contrast and us just kind of having this conversation. Man. Most up, man. I appreciate you having us. Yeah, yes, most definitely. Yes, sir. Great time. Yes, sir. Brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, man, we'll, we'll be in touch and y'all have a good night, man. Keep right. grinding. Good, good luck this season. You know, I'll be watching. Yes, sir. We got our, we're going to get them payback this year. I got you. <laughs> hey, come on. Don't do that to us, man. <laughs> I, either, I was just about to say good luck, except when you play, except man. when y'all play the Hawkeyes. <laughs> y'all beat us so bad last year, man. I was so bad. This <laughs> we always, we always went back and forth, man. So, you know, it's always a battle. <laughs> Most definitely. All right, y'all. Y'all take it easy, man. Be safe. Be easy. All right. All right. Peace. Yo.